TCU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome into the show. Wednesday, August 30th edition of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. Three days away from kickoff, East Carolina, Michigan in the big house. But today we're talking some East Carolina baseball. We have got head coach Cliff Goblin in studio. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. If you got a question, tweet at us. Uh, let, let us know on Facebook, YouTube. We'll get to it throughout the show. Coach, first off, are you, are you ready for some football? I know you're always in baseball mode, but are you excited for some college football? It's kind of snuck up on me, to be yeah. honest with you. And uh, it's pretty crazy that you know you had week zero last week. And, yeah. uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch Saturday for sure. East Carolina, Michigan. Uh, we did. We did have one question. What are your keys to victory for the Pirates? Uh, any any insight you can give, Coach Houston? I'm going to let Coach Houston coach football, and I'm going to coach baseball. That's my 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 advice. But uh, just for them to go out there and and be themselves, I think that's critical in any big game that you play, whether it be in a postseason or a ranked opponent. I think when you try to do something that you're not, that's when teams get in trouble. No doubt, no doubt. We've seen ECU in, in each sport kind of rise to the occasion in situations like this. So we'll see how the football team responds on Saturday. Well, Coach, how, how's your off season been? You, you, I, I, we follow each other, or at least I follow you on Instagram. I know you may still have me blocked on Twitter because you don't want to read my negative comments. Uh, but uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, hey, maybe being over here now, maybe they're not as as negative if we're playing bad. But uh, no, it just keeps me in a better headspace. I yeah. mean. You know, like I tell our players, if you believe it when it's good, you're going to believe it when it's bad. But uh, the offseason is a lot different now than it was five years ago. As you can imagine, um, my summers are not as much on the road recruiting. It's more of, you know, figuring out what our roster is going to be, um, kind of being the guy on the home front when we need to show kids around, whether it be, you know, a late portal guy or a recruit. Um, you know, Jeff and Austin and, um, the third assistant, which now is Henry Lartigue. Um, they're out on the road more than I am. Um, but it's different. You know, you have your freshmen come in, making sure those guys are situated and doing what they need to do in summer school and, and working out with, uh, Coach Wilson. So it's just a lot different, but, uh, it, there's not a lot of downtime for sure, um, in the summer. And you, you know, you're one of the most competitive guys I've been around in this sport. Everybody knows how much ECU baseball means to you. So, how do you take advantage of this time and get away? Because, you know, we all, you know, if we love what we do, you still got to get some time to, to get away just to recharge because otherwise you, you'll go mentally insane. So, I mean, just when you get that time to, to recharge, you know, what do you like to do this in the off season? Well, I, you know, I like going to the beach. Chad Tracy and I have a, a beach house down at Sunset Beach. Um, I don't get down there as much as is probably what I would like, um, but that's a good relaxing time. Um, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, since last year, I've had to work on myself a lot more than I ever have uh, with getting COVID and having the knee replacement, it getting infected. Um, there were some tough days in there, and I think it was God like, hey, look, if you don't start taking care of yourself some, 
you probably ain't going to be doing this much longer. And uh, that's one thing I've really had to do over the past year. You just finished up uh, year nine, I believe, at East oh, Carolina. That's crazy. Going yeah. into double digits. Ooh, year 10. I know, I'm getting old, man. <laughs> it's hard to believe, man. But uh, it's awesome, the, the run of success you guys have had. Coming off a 47-win season, I don't think people realize just how tough that is to do. Second most wins in, in uh, ECU baseball history, which at the time I didn't even know it. But now looking back on it and the consistency of what our guys have done, I guess over I think it's been five years in a row of 40-plus win seasons. I mean, there's yep. never been a stretch like that at East Carolina, and I don't, I, I don't want the credit. I just want our guys to get the credit. I want our staff to get the credit. And obviously, as last season kind of unfolded, there was a lot of talk. Hey, should should ECU be a, a regional host? And I know you guys were trying to win that conference championship to maybe vault yourself into that category. It felt like even if y'all won the tournament, it, it wasn't going to happen. I mean, your take on that? Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. And uh, you know, I can sit here and say it's BS, but it doesn't matter. Um, I thought Campbell should have definitely hosted. I think if, um, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but if ECU had been where Campbell was RPI-wise, then we would have hosted. And, and that's a shame, the way College Act, because I thought Campbell earned it to host yeah. last year. Yeah, I, I, I thought so, too. And, you know, obviously having to go on the road to South Carolina. Talk. John Gilbert's going on the committee, though. so that, That's that, that, true. Hey, 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 maybe all, we'll, get some, we'll get some pull in there. All the pressure is now on John Gilbert. <laughs> so if you guys don't host next year, we'll blame we'll blame John. I will not blame John <laughs> unless it's deserving. Right. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, well, and obviously, you had to go to UVA, which was one of the more talented teams in the country. Y'all know each other so well, too. And it, it felt like those two games were, were super regional caliber games. I mean, it just y'all were hit away both times. Um, Starlin's ball to the warning track, you know, maybe gets out at Clark LeClaire on, on a good windy day. So it just felt like them being at home um, obviously played a, a big role in them winning those games. But I guess it's just that's part of going on the road in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, in, in the first game we played them, I mean, it was a two-to-one game, and uh, the first baseman, I think Anderson, you know, flipped the ball in the right field and we hit some balls hard as they did you know the wind was galing in and then game two when uh landon was pitching um the first three run homer uh, i i didn't think that ball was going out right. and the wind was a lot different um but i thought our guys you know 15 out of the 18 innings took uva toe-to-toe and um they're obviously were really good uh, a lot of really talented players but our guys definitely played their best i thought and we just didn't play quite good enough but it's tough man you go to a national seed when i don't know how they rank the two seeds but i would have said that we were in the top five of two seeds for sure so um you know could we have gone to a one seed that maybe weren't wasn't a national seed that would have helped out probably but um if we had to lose somebody you know how much respect i have for uva uh they're they're a great program and coach mack and oak over there do a great job Hey, will y'all scrimmage them again yeah. this, this fall? So. Yeah, we probably should probably stop. But Oak asked me, and it's just a, you know, we just go back and forth. So Clemson will come here. They're coming here October 15th, which is a Sunday. And then um pretty sure it's the next Sunday we go to UVA on the road. So those, those are our two fall games. And two tremendous programs, uh, obviously, with the with you know Omaha caliber aspirations as you guys do, so that'll be big time competition. Great, uh, great fall action this fall. Well, coach, before we fully turn the page, just want to touch on again the seniors from this past year, and and, and Carter Spivey and Lane Hoover are still playing out for the, the Florence <laughs> Y'alls. So every time I see, every time I get on Twitter, I see an update about that. But uh, those three guys with, with Garrett Saylor are also involved in that group, and I know 
it was an emotional post game press conference for sure. Just when you kind of look at how much they meant to your program, uh, what, what, what kind of legacy do they leave behind? <clears throat> Man, they left the place a lot better than how they found it. That's what we always talk about. And, you know, Hoove, uh, I haven't prayed a whole lot at third base, but his last at bat, uh, UVA, I prayed that he would get a hit because, uh, thought he deserved that and uh he did <laughs> he played his tail off down there and you know going to get spivey off the mound at uva um you know he didn't want to come out of the mound and just felt like he deserved to have his team come out of the dugout one last time if we weren't able to come back and you know the way sailor pitched down the stretch at the conference tournament and at uva um you know those guys the the numbers will never indicate what they really meant to ecu baseball and, and the legacy that they have left here no doubt, to three uh, outstanding guys and, and great baseball players. But as you said, better guys. I mean, better that's what, guys. That's what makes them, you know, so so fun to cover and talk about. Uh, this offseason, coach, how would you kind of evaluate as far as roster movement? I mean, it's just it's crazy right now. Uh, guys at every program either transferring out, not a ton as far as that. We can get into the Alec Makarovich situation maybe if you if you're willing to go there. But uh, guys coming in, big freshman class coming in, but also a lot of guys returning. So how would you kind of evaluate this offseason? Um, I think that uh, we're as deep as we have been in a long time position player-wise. Um, you know, I think we got a lot of talent. I think we have got a lot of older guys returning that are good players. Um, I think it's going to be very competitive this fall, which is exciting. Um, on the mound, we've got some high-end guys for sure. Uh, I've been really impressed with the few guys that we got out of the portal, um, just how much they have relayed to our younger guys, especially because freshmen, when they come in, they don't know anything except what we're doing here at East Carolina. They don't know how other coaches across the country treat their players or take care of them or don't take care of them, whatever the situation may be. And um, they have come in and just told the freshmen, like, you don't know how good you have it here by the stuff that you have and that's been very uh refreshing for me in a time where you know this the portal the nil stuff is is created a lot of uh, selfishness and look i i don't look 18 to 22 years old man i would have probably a fell in that same trap it's tough because you don't have as much uh life moments to be able to um just go into that uh category box of your brain and go hey well eh, i might be able to get a little bit more money but these guys have taken care of me and i would tell you the best recruits that we had from this summer were you know getting justin wilcox in back getting jacob starling back getting trey savage back and jake hunter and shinkman all these guys that had good summers mm -hmm. because what happens when you go out in the summer ball now and, and you you perform at a high level then the player at school x goes hey uh why don't you come to this school and I think we can get you some money. And then, you know, it's a snowball effect. But I just appreciate the integrity and the men that the guys are that are coming back to our program because that just means so much to me. The NIL side of things, it's hit every sport, and it's definitely gotten into college baseball. And your, your take on that with, you know, Team Boneyard's doing some good things as far as uh, raising money there. I know you've probably, you know, gone out and, and done some things maybe to, to help out your guys uh, when possible. But when you look at just NIL and college baseball and, and in your program, you know, is, do you feel like it's at a point, at a good point, or does it need to keep getting better as far as fan support there? 
Well, the thing, and I've talked to a few of our guys who are getting NIL stuff, and, and me and you were talking before we went on air, and um, her Dabo Sweeney said this on a podcast yesterday, and it's the way that I believe is NIL for us is for retention. It's for the guys that have been in our program that have done things the right way and um, you know helped us win championships but been good in the classroom, the whole deal. Um, and that's – but, hey – I can't see uh, a time where Coach Godwin's going to be offering NIL stuff to to recruits, which I know that's technically not legal. So right. I guess I can't ever do that. But that's everybody's what go- doing it. Everybody's doing it. So uh, Alex Getty, don't have to worry about me because uh, I'm not doing it. But uh, you know, I want to take care of the guys. You know, like last year, Hoover, Sailor, and Spivey were not on scholarship, but they were able to get some NIL money, which I appreciate for our donors doing that. Um, but I've talked to our guys, too, and this is the thing. When you have a great culture like we do, it creates selfishness and jealousy in the locker room, and that's coming from our guys. So I always educate our guys is, look, you don't need to talk about it. You just, hey, look, you got some help, and that's helping your family out, but let's go play baseball, and, and let's be a great teammate. And I don't think those conversations need to happen in the locker room, but we all know they do. Uh, Rod Gray, speaking of NIL, kind of had some questions. He, he said, how important is the NIL in college baseball? We just kind of touched on that. He said to recruits. Well, hey, let me just hit on that. Well, I mean, if you're in the SEC, I mean, they're offering yeah. recruits uh, $150,000, $200,000, you know, to go play there. And um, I just worry about the, the culture. And, and I just go back to what we've done consistency-wise winning baseball games, having a 3.4 team GPA or higher for six straight years. Well, you look at Mississippi State. They won the national championship three years ago. They haven't made the SEC tournament in two years. So when Cliff Godwin goes to the school, gets $150,000, the team doesn't win as much early. Do you think Cliff Godwin's invested into that? Pro- no, all he cares about not. is, hey, himself. I'm going to try to get myself drafted. I don't care if we win any more games here or not. And that's just sad because – it's a team sport. Yeah, it can create a lot of issues for sure. Uh, he, he also asked, how does the Pirates NIL program compare to other national programs ECU competes against? So we just kind of talked about the SEC. You know, outside of the, the SEC, do you see it, you know, still ramping up in the ACC, other regional teams as well? I think the Power Five, the, the thing they have, uh, and look, this ain't going to, I'm not going to say this is going to be an excuse for us, but, you know, they have the Austin money, which every player pretty much in their program gets, you know, whatever, $6,000, which you think about guys that are on scholarship, that's a huge deal. Um, I heard Eric Backage say this in one of his interviews, you know, the goal for us would be that if we could have every player on a full ride, because of nil so you get 11.7 scholarships but if you could supplement um not don't think that'll ever happen here at east carolina i'm not naive enough to believe that but we've had some donors that have really stepped up to the plate and um some of our returners and our older guys have you know been able to definitely um make some money to cover some expenses that they have especially for guys out of state um like a jacob starling he is Cliff Goblin, head coach at ECU. Let's get our first break in. We'll come back. We'll dive into some more of the roster, some more of the guys coming back as well on the other side. You're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. We're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger! Now, back to Hoist the Colors. All right, welcome back into the show. Wednesday, August 30th. Again, we're live on YouTube, uh, Facebook. Get your questions in for... Later in the program, we'll run them down. we got a number already on Twitter and YouTube as well, so we'll get to those here shortly. Coach, let's talk about the guys coming back. And, and y'all, 
we, we touched on a little bit first segment. Justin Wilcoxon, maybe weren't initially expecting him to be back as, you know, he was getting some draft interest, and obviously that was a possibility. But when you got that call that he was coming back, what, what did that mean to you? Oh, it was awesome. Um, I would say this, uh, his parents, and especially his mom, Mary Beth, uh, of all parents I've dealt with, they're they're in the top tier, and just because they they get it, they get loyalty, they get integrity, they get the whole thing. And of course, uh, J Dub wants to play professional baseball, but they had a uh, number in their head. Um, I thought going into the draft that they would get that number for whatever reason. He did not, and uh, he called me up, says, "Coach, I'm coming back to school. I'm gonna finish up my masters." And I was like, "Hell yeah, let's go!" And um, Starling, same way. Um, you know, he had a number in his head that he was going to stick with and didn't get it. And man, this is harder now. I mean, there's a lot of good players out there. The draft is obviously there's only 20 rounds back to when, you know, I played. There was 50. There's less minor league organizations now or teams. I shouldn't say organizations, teams, and they're continuing to shrink them. So man, um, it's very competitive. And you look at kind of the, the older guys in the program now. Danny Bill coming back for his senior year, Wilcox and Starlin, uh, Barini, Cam Clonch. So y'all, y'all will have a, a good senior Carter, class. Carter, Carter, Carter Cunningham. Yeah. So like y'all will have a pretty big time senior class. And, and, you know, this day and age, that doesn't happen a whole lot, especially at a good program like yours. Well, the, those guys are, are great people, number one. And I say this a lot and it might offend people, but if you have good parents at home, then the kids, you know, they, they get some advice, you know, because the thing I don't envy whatsoever is there's so many people that can touch these young men from social media. And it's hard to, to navigate, hey, what is the truth? What is real? And, and what is false? And, um, but when you've got good parenting like those guys do, then they believe in hard work. They believe in what we do here at East Carolina. Um, I'm sure that a parent of theirs has been pissed that their kid hadn't played enough for me, but, they know that I'm always going to be honest, and we're going to take care of their kids if something happens bad off the field. So um, I'm super pumped for all those guys to be back, and, and they've been great leaders in our program. The other thing, too, when you look at that list, very few of those guys had immediate success. I mean, they all kind of either had to wait their turn, develop, uh, obviously embrace the program, but they've all they've all gotten better over time. And like even a guy like Cam Clunch will have a chance, you know, to probably start every day if he earns it on the field this this fall. So. Uh, I know that's, that's got to make you proud, too. It does. I mean, Clonch has been the ultimate competitor team guy, um, you know, this past year when we played, uh, I think it was that three games in one day with Tulane, and um, he came up to me in the dugout and I uh, had told him he was going to start game three, but then they threw a lefty, and um, he said, Coach, I know you told me you're going to start, start me in game three, but do what's best for the team, and you just don't get that. And then I was texting with him on Sunday after we had recovered a little bit, and he says, yeah, Coach, uh, nobody envies your job. And I appreciate when players actually understand that, hey, man, it's not personal. It's just I've always got to do what's best for the team. But you see a guy like Joey Barini that uh, comes into our program as a pinch hitter for two years, you know, and then he earns the starting shortstop position yet last year. Carter Cunningham, uh, first year, kind of in and out. And then last year, really, until the end. And then the end, he takes off. Um, Danny Bill changes arm slots to become better. And, I mean, J-Dub had like 69 at-bats or something his redshirt uh, sophomore year, but hit the big home run against UVA. And then last year, he's our starting catcher. Um, those guys put a lot of work in. And our staff, that's the thing that 
I'm so proud about is our staff can develop guys too. No doubt. It's, uh, the proof's in the pudding, not just with those guys, but other guys in the past as well. Uh, obviously big news with Alec McRavich cho- choosing to lose, uh, leave the program, uh, obviously going to NC State of all places. And, you know, Pirate fans, uh, did with that what they will. Um, just your, your take on the situation and how much of a surprise was that with a guy who, obviously you had stuck by, started, Pretty much every game in the past two years was it was a key guy. Well, you told me not pretty much every yeah. game. Every game, every 100, game. 133 yeah. straight games. Um, first off, um, look, did it hurt me emotionally? 100 percent because I've invested a lot into Amac. Amac is not a bad human being. Um, as I told him in my office, he got some bad advice. I don't know who gave him bad advice. I think he was pretty frustrated internally that he didn't get a chance to play professional baseball. And as I told our team, I don't, I don't control professional baseball. They call me, they ask me what type of person they are, but they don't listen to me as far as, hey, look, if he goes into professional baseball, he'll be a better hitter, whatever it may be. But look, AMAC, uh, grown man. Um, what I can lay my head down on every night is that I gave him every ounce of me for four years and that wasn't enough. And, uh, he chose to go, um, to the school down the road. And I would say this because I'm sure people have questioned where anything, there was nothing behind the scenes. Coach Avent called me, um, at 9 o'clock on a Friday when AMAC had been in my office on Thursday, said he was leaving, and he said he's coming to visit at 10 a.m., but there was nothing behind the scenes. And then he actually called me on Monday before it was going to become official, and um, he didn't have to do that, and I appreciate that. And y'all are scheduled to play NC State this, yeah, this, this yeah, season, yeah, I'm sure. Yep, yep, home and home. And home. So, right. uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. No no doubt. Uh, Coach, you look at – just some of the arms that are coming back and what y'all have added in the portal. I guess we'll touch on the portal as well. Y- y'all did uh, add some key guys uh, via the transfer portal, just um, and we can touch on the incoming recruits. But how happy were you with some of those guys in the, the transfer portal? Well, you know, I don't like to talk about uh, a lot of incoming guys until they go out there right. and prove it. But I, I will say this back to what I said earlier. They're so appreciative of what we have here at East Carolina from our coaches um, the way they pour into our young men, our facilities. Um, Drew Bryan um, has been a breath of fresh air. He is uh, super, super like engaged in what he's doing every day, and he's very comfortable in his skin. And his goal is to be the best version of himself to play professional, but he wants to go to Omaha. Like I don't know if we've ever brought a kid in like that where, and he makes other people uncomfortable, which I like. It's right. uh, um, some people might think he's crazy. I enjoy it. Um, so super excited about him. Chris Kaler from George Washington. It's always good when, you know, you get a guy that actually shoved it up your butt, um, offensively, um, that first weekend against George Washington. And I'm excited about him and, and others as well. But those two, um, I, I'm just excited about because how appreciative they have been for everything we've done for him. I talked to them on the phone after they committed. Yeah, Brian, very. What I noticed was he's super serious, almost business oriented. Like just wants to show up and get the job done, win, like you said. And then Kaler couldn't stop talking about the fans. Man, he thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I, I know he's going to be looking for. He he said he got booed on a pickoff move, and it was the coolest thing he's ever experienced. So Kaler, much more of a talker. Drew, um, very very intelligent. Not that Chris is not intelligent, yeah. but Drew is. Uh, very smart. He's um, 
he probably could be a pitching coach one day if he wanted to. And he know he had to pretty much develop himself into what he is today because he was a catcher coming out of high school, turns into a pitcher, and they just didn't have all the technology that we have here and um, just the the coaching expertise. And that's not a knock against their program, but um, man, he's totally dialed into what he's doing every single day. Trey Savage coming back for his junior season. Obviously, I'm sure he'll get a lot of attention as draft eligible guy. Um, Team USA, another Team USA participant for East Carolina, five which, years in a which row, which is awesome. Yeah, and uh, seemed to pitch really well there. Just and he, he he had a huge innings leap, you know, from obviously his freshman year to sophomore. So, um, just just your take on how much he grew. I mean, it, the results speak for itself. But just uh, how, how excited are you for him to be back for a third year? Oh man, um, look, you, you don't not many times in your coaching career you got a Friday night ace coming back, you know, as a junior, and we're super excited and. Uh, he made just great strides last year. Him and Coach Knight worked so hard. Obviously had a little bit of the, the arm soreness where we had to shut him down for a little bit. And he won't throw live until really late in the fall, if all, just because of the workload he had last year. But he's coming out of his shell. He's not a big talker. He's kind of like me. Um, but he's super motivated in, you know, being the best version of himself, but also pushing the pitching staff as well. For him, is it just, Getting more consistent. I mean, can he add anything else to his repertoire? What's the next step for Trey Savage on the mound? I think just being a little bit sharper with all of his pitches, you know, and throwing them exactly where he wants to throw them. I mean, there's not a lot, but I just think that's the next step. And um, for him to understand the workload and um, let us know if his arm gets sore earlier um, so that uh, we don't have to shut him down, so to speak. And I think just understanding his body and what it takes to be a Friday night starter. I mean, when you've done that, I think that helps the next year. Guys obviously have to go out and earn it, uh, but just what we saw from Zach Root last year, it would seem he could move into a weekend role full-time next year, and especially you know, the bigger the moment, he seemed to, to rise to the occasion. So is it more con- about consistency with him going into the sophomore season? Yeah, for sure, because uh, I think I told you this at some point in time, but when he was going to pitch against UVA, I had no doubt he was going to pitch good because – He's a guy that just rises to the moment. Now we got to get him to rise to the moment when right. he's, you know, where we're pitching on the road and there's a hundred people there, whatever it may be. He's got to rise to those moments. But one thing he's done um, this summer is he pitched good this summer, but then he's put on some some good weight, so he looks different this year, which is a good thing. How excited are you just about the depth overall? Like just looking over some of these names, uh, Shinkman, uh, Jaden Winter had a really good, uh, summer. Eric Ritchie had a good close last year. Jake Hunter put up phenomenal numbers. I mean, it just feels like y'all have a lot of depth and versatility on the mound. We already talked about the transfers. We haven't even gotten to some of the freshmen coming in. So you gotta like the numbers, right? Yeah. That, that junior class of pitchers are really, really tight. And, uh, Jaden has made a huge jump. Um, Eric Ritchie wasn't able to uh, pitch this summer because he broke his finger in the uh, regional, which a lot of people didn't know. Jake Hunter and Shinkman had great summers, um, but that junior class is really tight, and, and they're leaders on our pitching staff, as the juniors that are in our program positionally as well. All right, let's get our second break in. We'll come back. We'll talk about some of the position players and also get into some of your questions. You're listening to Hoist the Colors on, on 94.3 The Game. Pirates play here. Arr! This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Yes, that was so good. On 94.3, the game. All right, welcome back into the show. Wednesday, August 30th, three days from kickoff at Michigan, East Carolina, taking on Michigan in football. 
We're talking baseball today. We'll continue our, uh, our football coverage Thursday and Friday on the show before we head out to Ann Arbor. And, Coach, uh, we, we ran down some of the pitchers earlier. We also got some questions to get to and some position players to talk about as well. Um, I don't know. Uh, is it too early to go around the diamond and preview, like, position battles? Uh, you know, y'all haven't even started. Way, hey, way too early. Yeah. So, hey, you let your fans and your message board people do that. But uh, we ain't even started team practice yet. Right. So there's a lot of – I mean, like I told you, it's the deepest position player group. And um, – just since I've been here, I think, you know, right. now we've just done very minimal stuff. But uh, I like the way our guys have gotten after it and how the older guys have helped the younger guys just navigate different things. And, and that just goes back to our leadership. But I think it's going to be one of the most competitive falls that we've ever had here. And I should preface this as we talk about some of these guys. I'll ask about them specifically. And you've told me names in the fall that, don't end up impacting the team in the spring. You haven't told me names in the fall that end up being star players. So, like, you never know what's going to happen. Well, I told practice. you Burley was going to hit. You did tell me Burley. And you <laughs> didn't even know who that was. Like, that guy's going to hit the three holes as a freshman, which I was like, who's he did, hey, he did start that, and then he had his appendix taken out and didn't have a great freshman year, but he's in the big leagues now. So I, I think I hit on that one. And then and, and there was a couple years ago, we didn't even talk about Jacob Jenkins Cowart, and he ended up hitting. Three well, holes. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. And JC and I have talked about this, but. Uh, you know, he, he said the defining moment for him was when his teammates voted him like the 14th best hitter, and he was like, "These people are crazy." So he went to work and, um, you know, had a great freshman year. Um, last year, you know, not as good, but uh, you know, I think he's definitely hungry this year. And he had an arm injury up at the Cape, that's why he came back, um, which it's fine. But he's been rehabbing that, and he's actually pretty much full strength uh hitting wise and he's working you know the throwing back and pretty close to being full strength throwing wise you look at a guy like jc again has the big freshman year kind of out of nowhere that creates expectations we talk about how great he's going to be like do you feel like maybe he has to had to learn to handle that a little bit and then you know go into the junior year maybe in a better position to, to handle that i i definitely think that uh when you're i mean i think we kind of put him on a pedestal and i say we i think you know the media. Hey, you know, we, hey, we have to talk hey, it about wasn't, something. It wasn't me. It was the media. So I just need to throw uh, we out of that uh, term. And, and not that. Look, that's part of it. Look, man, right. you want to play, you know, professional baseball. You're going to be in the spotlight. And but for me to sit here and say that didn't affect him, uh, I'd be lying to you. I mean, that, that's it's different. You know, and it's kind of like when guys go into their draft year, you got to be able to manage all this stuff right. and. You know, I met with him at Crystal this summer and said, hey, the best thing you guys can do this year is put blinders on and stay off social media and draft predictions because if you worry about all that stuff, you will play like crap. So you need to worry about showing up, being a great teammate and working your tail off, and then your talent's going to take over. What's your, your take on, you know, Ryan McChrystal now? He's had the, the back injury I know he's dealt with, and then with Wilcoxon coming back, I know it's a work at catcher, but do you – Try to get him at, at other positions. What's kind of your take on McChrystal's uh, third year? Well, I think, number one, he's going to stay healthy, which we've talked about. He's done a really good job this summer of shaping his body back up. I think when he had the back injury um, early in the spring, you know, just diet, traveling, trying to navigate everything, his body kind of, you know, um, 
lost the, the tightness to it, so to speak. And, and that was one thing with all his back exercises that he has to do and will have to do the rest of his life to shape up his core. And he uh, looks so much better. He's leaner. Um, and, look, he's going to have every opportunity to be in a position to catch just like he did last year. Um, you know, going into the season before he got hurt, and we, we said this, but there wasn't a lot of difference between him and Wilcox and behind the plate. Um, now, once all the injuries happened, then it just became, you know, not getting as much time back there, not practicing as much. And, you know, of course, he wasn't as good at the end, but he's working hard and we're excited what he can do this year. Uh, Chance on Twitter wants to know how valuable will Dixon Williams and Bristol Carter be. And I'll say for Bristol, obviously, he was a notable recruit, but in your program, I feel like every freshman coming in has to earn their role. And, and Bristol even told me that, too. Like, nothing's going to be handed to him, and I feel like he's got at least a good mindset. So those two guys, as far as Chance's question, what's kind of your expectations there? Well, two different questions. So Dixon had a great summer. Um, I think it was great for him to just go out and play. Um, Dixon has always had the ability. He just has to, you know, learn how to be consistent every day and showing up. Um, different than Norby as a freshman, but there were some similarities. Um, he's going to have to earn it. I mean, look, and there's going to be competition. We've got more infielders than we've ever had here, and um, you can't be afraid of competition. Um, but we're excited about him and seeing what he can do in, in the fall scrimmages. Uh, Bristol, uh, of course, big recruit for us. Um, he knows this, but uh, the outfield has got a lot of older guys out there, so he's got to go out there and uh, compete. And he's been working hard. And the thing I love about Bristol is he smiles, he has energy, and he has been a sponge up to this point of just taking in information. Uh, more questions from Zach. He says, what younger players uh, could have a breakout year, if, if any come to mind for you? Um, I'll let you know maybe after the fall, but I mean, we haven't done enough stuff. I don't look, but I, I told you after I gave Jake Hunter and all those guys right. so many props, McChrystal, their freshman year that, hey, look, I love our freshmen. They work hard. The thing I would tell you that's different from this freshman class and last year, their personalities, uh, for the most part are better. They are not afraid to talk to me and makes it easier to coach when you can actually have a conversation with somebody. So, um, it's a neat group. Um, for sure, and, and it's just been um, a pleasure to be around them. Again, very early, but Riceville Pirate wants to know, do you feel like, you know, do you have a clear strength of the team for 24 already as you kind of look into the crystal ball for the spring? Um, I think that evolves, but, I mean, look, we've got high-end pitching for sure. Um, you know, would I like to be a little bit deeper on the mound? Probably, but we've got some high-end guys and just got to have some guys filling some roles um, in the back end. Um, and then I, I really think position player wise, we got a chance to be older. We got a chance to be really good offensively, really good defensively. Um, that doesn't mean that there won't be younger guys in there, but like you said, I mean, Justin Wilcoxon, fifth year senior, Starling, a senior, Clonch, a senior, Cunningham, fifth year senior, you know, JC McChrystal, junior, juniors, Riley Johnson's a redshirt junior. Um, uh, I'm missing somebody. Joey Barini's a senior, so we got a chance to be older for sure. Uh, Christian says, when is Coach Goblin going to make an appearance at a Green Central football game? Well, um, I haven't been invited back um, for sure. I can't make this Friday, but, uh, you know, um, maybe if somebody invited me back, I, I would come back. So, uh, you know, well, my, right, time, so. my time is precious, but I had a lot of special moments out there, and I love that place. 
So the challenge has been put out. If there are any uh, Green Central people, make sure you invite Cliff Gowan back. Maybe I can go game. with Bailey or something yeah, on a uh, hey, Friday, hey, night, hey, uh, Friday night uh, Friday night yeah, Touchdown Friday. Hey, touchdown Friday. There you go. Free ad for Brian <laughs> Bailey. Uh, he does a great job with the show, though, so I have no problem giving him that. Uh, and, and if Cliff Godwin makes an appearance on Touchdown Friday, a lot, a lot of people are going to tune in. So, uh, I, I, I used to make it as a player. It was a long time ago. That tells you how old Bailey is. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, we got to get that worked out, though. Come on, Green Central. Step up. Um, Christian with a good question here. He said, what are the positives to the new hitting coach and what strength will that give, uh, you as a head coach going forward, uh, with the new hitting coach coming in? Well, just the way that, uh, the landscape of college athletics has trans, transformed, uh, um, you know, I just spend so much more time trying to pour into our guy, our guys, you know, as relationships and, um, it just takes a lot of time. So, uh, Henry, I recruited him to Ole Miss, super smart guy. I was worried about he had a 30 ACT when we were recruiting him. I was worried about that he would want to go somewhere that was more academic than Ole Miss. And he chose to come to Ole Miss. I coached him his freshman year. He actually um, didn't even travel to Omaha in 2014 and then turned himself into uh, being a seventh-round draft pick in his junior year. Um, I think by the Phillies, made it all the way up to AAA, had an injury in his neck, and um, probably would have made it to the big leagues, but a switch-hitting catcher. So he's hit from both sides. Um, he's going to be a tremendous asset for our catcher. Catchers for sure. I mean, when you think about our staff, Coach Knight was a catcher. I was a catcher. Blake was a catcher. And either, even Heath Blackman, our director of player development, was a catcher and Henry. So we got a lot of catchers floating around, a lot of knowledge. But um, I'm super excited because he's young. He's a hard worker. He's loyal. And if you look at the guys that I've hired on our staff, they're young loyal, hardworking people, and they'll figure the rest out. So um, I'm just super excited. I think we got a chance to have the best staff we've ever had this year. Uh, Martin, who I know he lives in Birmingham, Alabama now, so he, he he wants to know, can you take the baseball team on the road to SEC country? I know you've done that in the past. Are there any plans to, to do that in the near future or any talks? There's always talks, but uh, I don't think we have anything on the books. Um, definitely not this upcoming year, but you know, we'll, it's just trying to navigate the schedule with RPI, which uh, we need to get the NCAA or whoever does the RPI to work on that. When we beat South Florida three times on the road and our RPI goes down five uh, points, not real sure how that, how the math works when you get more points for winning on the road than you do at home, but. Uh, yeah, we're up for anything. I mean, look, we're we're not afraid to play anybody. I think you guys know that. We could do a whole show on RPI. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. That's just a, a disaster. Uh, it feels like we could come up with something new or something that at least a little bit better. And But you're right. Y'all shouldn't go on the road, sweep a series, and drop in the RPI. I mean, that doesn't make any not, sense. Not, I mean, not even one point. We dropped five points, yeah. you know, and then we got to open up with that team in the conference tournament. Of course, we lose an extra innings in that game, but um, it's hard to win college baseball games. You go ask any college coach, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care what their RPI is. I mean, you look at Tulane. Um, Tulane, what, won 19 games? And, yeah, we can all sit here and say that our guys were tired, which they were, but um, we won 45 Right. And they beat us. So it's hard to win college baseball games. That's how it is, man. Even in the, the major leagues, the Oakland A's on pace for 116 losses. They beat my Seattle Mariners last night, uh, who's competing for a playoff spot. So it's just, <laughs> it's hard, it's hard to figure out sometimes, but that's baseball, man. Um, all right. So Pirate Treasure wants to know, 
do the powder purples return in yes. 2024? Yes, and for anybody that doesn't like them, then you know what? Um, no offense, I don't care because our players love them. The recruits love them. Um, this came about because you know Carter Spivey and Lane Hoover and uh, Garrett Saylor, they loved them, and I want to take care of our guys. So uh, fans, hey, just, just hop on board and, and get some of those light purple pirate shirts that the uh, athletic department passed out and just go with it. And at the end of the day, I mean – People can have their opinion on uniforms, but it just all comes down to executing on the field, no matter what you're wearing. Like, what you're wearing has nothing to do with how you play. I'm just no. going to throw that out there. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I know. What is the uniform for football there? Everybody was like, don't uh, wear that uniform. They, <laughs> the all-purple got uh, – and then the white helmets were – The big, white, yeah. yeah. They finally did win in white helmets, so now we can stop <laughs> stop that. Um, all right. Uh, Adam wants to know, what is your go-to Taco Bell order if you have one? I go mention this to me off the air, and I don't know the last time I've eaten at Taco Bell. I probably should eat there more often since we've got the sponsorship up that in right field. Yeah. Nobody's hit um, that sign in years. But I was having this conversation with Heath Blackman at camp, and uh, we were talking about Taco Bell, and I was like, man, I used to get that Mexican pizza all the time. And he goes, they don't even serve that anymore. I go, God, I'm getting old. <laughs> well, maybe you should go post-show if you haven't had lunch yet. Yeah. Stop by Taco Bell and yeah. see how it goes. Um Let's see if we got any other questions here we need to hit. Um, Pirate Treasure also wants to know any gaps on the roster that you still need to fill. I guess at this point it's kind of late, but you know, I guess the better way to phrase it may be this offseason. You feel like y'all handled you know any possible gaps that y'all need to address? Yeah, we did. I mean, I feel like uh, like we said, we're as deep position player wise than we've ever been. I mean, a lot has to do with Starling and. J-Dub coming back, I mean, if those two guys would have signed, then, I mean, it would have looked different. Um, I think we got guys that could have filled in for sure, but um, when you have that experience and that production back, man, with two older guys, you, you can't be happier with the position players. And then um, pitching-wise, we added some portal guys that, that are older, and then we've got some really good young freshmen as well. So um, just excited about working with those guys, and I'll have a lot more to talk about specifically once we get into fall practice, which we'll start that uh, the Thursday, last Thursday of September. Uh, WJ, speaking of the RPI conversation, kind of asked about the new teams coming into the American. Again, you're still trying to figure out your team. I doubt you dove into all these new teams. But at least last year, it would seem to boost up the league's RPI from, from what they did last year. The thing I would tell everybody is, because everybody's like, hey, who's going to be good in the conference? And every year, I don't know, because I don't know what people have done in the portal. I don't get into that madness. Uh, Jeff and AK and Henry can dive into that. And then when we, you know, get ready to, but a lot of teams use that a lot. So they, you know, I think Charlotte brought in 31 portal, whether it be junior college or um, Division One guys. So, um, but they've been good. FAU's been good. UTSA's been good. Um, historically and um we all know what rice used to be so um and i know uab's got a new head coach and he's trying to get things going as well so um i'm excited i mean i'm excited that we don't have to play cincinnati 18 times in one year <laughs> yeah i'll tell you what man that uh, i got tired of ecu cincinnati after a while i'm sure you did too uh, so. i did but uh we won a lot of those you did. So. <laughs> there's no doubt all right let's get our final break in we'll come back we'll wrap it up with cliff goblin on hoist the colors 94.3 the game Every ECU fan's one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. 
All right, welcome back into the show. A couple minutes left with head coach Cliff Goblin in studio before we get out of here. Uh, we'll hit a couple more of your questions. Charles on Facebook wants to know, can you ask coach how the schools like Vanderbilt, private schools, legally fund you know, full scholarships? Uh, I know that's kind of a topic that goes on in college baseball. They just have better financial aid. I mean, they're, they're guys that have a certain household income are able to get more money than they could if they went to just East Carolina as a state school. So there's just not a lot of financial aid available. And that's yeah something private schools can, can take advantage of for sure. Um, Pirate 2031 says, will the American Conference ever change the conference tourney format for less teams? I mean, if you do that, you could get better RPI matchups. Would you be... In favor of looking at that, I, mean, you, I don't know how many teams are in, so, it in, in, in I, baseball. <laughs> I guess uh, so. Last year was eight, so all eight yeah. went. But there's some teams like I think the Sun Belt. There's a couple yeah. of conferences out there that just have four. Like yeah, we're four just taking though. eight, so I think there's ten, maybe ten baseball teams now. Yeah. I don't um, or nine. I know we got one extra weekend. Um, you know, we're of conference than we've had in the past, but uh, it'll just always be eight. We'll never probably take more than eight because, no offense, the teams nine and ten are not going to. You know, right. make unless they win the tournament. Tulane somehow did it, so you know, you never know. But it, even then, it hurt it hurt y'all's RPI yeah, playing. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah. it's yeah. I guess there's no perfect way to do it if you want to include everybody. But if you want to help out your top teams, you'd think that makes sense. Um, David Hagney says, "Have you ever thought about having a fantasy camp for older Pirate fans? Uh, has that ever come up? And y'all, y'all do a ton of camps for the youths, and a lot, a lot goes into it, a lot more than people yeah. Realize. I mean, look, there's all obviously thoughts of alumni games, and I was just telling uh, I go Doug Gomes was saying his wife wanted to do like a women's clinic, and and we thought about all that stuff, but you know we just work so much. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot because I would never want to put on something that wasn't organized. Um, so their thoughts is just." Um, the amount of time that our coaches work, you got to give them some weekends off at some point in time. Uh, John Moody says, is there a dream out-of-conference opponent Cliff would like on the schedule? No dream for me. Just say, uh, let's win some games. Just a baseball game in Clark Clare Stadium. That's, that's your dream. That's yeah. my dream, yep. Um, any any more West Coast trips coming up soon, or is that going to be out for a while? <laughs> Those things are, man, they're, so, they're such a grind, man. Like when we played Washington and uh, – 18, I mean, you're just so tired. And then in 19, when we went to UCLA, our flight got canceled, and then we are all back, coming back on five different flights. Right. And, if, <laughs> and that, that just sets you behind for the – you know, if, if y'all were chartering, it'd be one thing. But right. But having to go commercial, West Coast, that is a, a nightmare waiting yep. to happen. Um, well, Coach, we got about a minute left. You know, as you guys head into the fall, you mentioned all the new pieces coming in, guys returning. What's the biggest key for your team to, to really gel in the fall like you want them to? Well, we need to stay hungry. You know, the older guys got to stay hungry because there's some talented younger guys and, you know, um, pushing one another. Um, it's way harder to be consistent in athletics than just win one year and then don't win the next. And um, I never want us to fall, you know, on hard times. And we've got the talent. We just got to make sure our culture stays where it is and continue to build on it. Five straight 41 seasons, four straight regular season titles, and I guess five eight. straight conference championships in the tournament. Yeah, we count yeah. 18. So, uh Let's keep the streak going, and let's host a Super Regional in Clark LeClaire, and, and let's beat that damn door down this year. No doubt. <laughs> Cliff Goblin, uh, always giving us good uh, good quotes, especially after, uh, after the regionals and Super Regionals, so we appreciate that. But I hey, appreciate your time in studio today. It's been awesome, and 
always ready for baseball. I know people are geared up for football, but uh, baseball around here means a lot. You uh, do a great job with the program, so I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. All right, he's Cliff Godwin. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to dive back into our football coverage. We'll have Bobby Harward, former ECU assistant coach, join us. Uh, we'll talk about the keys to victory for East Carolina. How can the Pirates pull the upset at Michigan Friday, we'll have Joe Sampson back, former ECU tight end, in studio as well. We'll make our game picks. We'll continue our roundtable discussion from yesterday's show. So a lot to look forward to. And then, of course, game day on Saturday in Ann Arbor. All right, let's get out of here. This has been Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game.